0: Deep in the heart of Orlando, Florida, it's the Best of the Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Texas Fish and Game Magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Workey, so excited to be back with you on this special edition of the best of the outdoors podcast and we're going to do something a little different on this show chester moore needed a radio show and wasn't going to be able to be home on friday uh of this show and uh do his normal radio show so i'm going to have him hijack i guess if you want to say a a better word uh, basically, take over the Best of the Outdoors podcast for More Outdoors, which is his show on iHeartRadio and KLVI 560 AM, uh, his radio station in Beaumont that he broadcasts uh, at 6 p.m. Central Time every uh, Friday evening. So um, I'm really excited about this time because basically uh, Chester is interviewing me <laughs> and uh, is, is kind of doing a podcast takeover for this particular episode for his radio show. So More Outdoors. Uh, you can check out on KLVI, uh, F, uh, KLVI AM, and uh, it's a fantastic show. Uh, you can listen to it, the podcast version of it on iHeartRadio app, uh, or any other uh, podcast. I think is his podcast is, is syndicated all over the place like ours is. So anyway, really excited to have him as part of the show this time, and um, just to have him back on, because I have so much fun when we do this. I laugh a lot in the show, and uh, just uh, it's just an excellent time. So I hope you guys will enjoy Uh, Chester Moore from Moore Outdoors and our editor-in-chief at Texas Fishing Game uh, taking over the Best of the Outdoors podcast for this special episode. Here we go.
1: Welcome to Moore Outdoors on Newstalk 560 KLVI. This is the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. And man, do we ever have a special guest tonight? we got the legendary. we got the podcaster himself. We've got the um, wildlife renaissance man, the hunting and fishing industry renaissance man, (laughs) hunting and fishing, how to get in the industry instructor, Dustin Warnke. Hi, hey, an intro, huh? Thank you. I it's a hundred dollars for that intro. I'm about to say I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm a little humbled, you know. There, so no, nah, it's great. I've been on uh, doing stuff with Dustin through Texas Fishing Game, of course, and um, we're at the ICAST show. We've been at the ICAST show, and the ICAST is I forget the actual acronym at this point, but it is the basically the sport fishing trade show where anything. just not really boats, there's kayaks here. Anything outside of boats and motors, if it's in the fishing industry or loosely associated with the fishing industry, it's here, right? Yes, absolutely. I
0: yeah. mean, is anything fishing you can imagine for freshwater or saltwater? It's here. I mean, it's crazy.
1: Yeah. So you walk around; it's like a fisherman's playland, and it's pr- pretty, pretty <laughs> incredible to see the stuff. You know, the stuff you see down the aisles. I mean, um, I remember as a kid going down to like um, the little store called Alford's down the road, and they had like a little section of uh, little fishing section they had like you know they had little weights and they, they had hooks and bobbers and a few little like h&h spinner lures and that was exciting then you go to a real tackle store when i was a kid and i was like wow and then you go to this thing yes
0: <laughs> and you're like really wow yeah, i mean their like words my... cannot describe the amazement
1: the first time you walk into a floor like this so. exactly so the reason that we're here of course is to do business we both work with texas Fishing game Magazine, But um, the reason we're talking about this on the air tonight is every year since I've been going to ICAST, which is my 11th year here, I went once in the 90s and then skipped a lot of years and came started coming every year in 2007, is to bring you greatest and latest information from that sport fishing uh, tackle industry. And uh, just looking overall at the show, it's, it's really interesting just to give kind of an overview. I mean, last year, I remember, I keenly remember last year coming directly back from the show and talking about how um, there was just a ton of freshwater stuff. Like there was uh, uh, just really, it seemed even companies who were known for saltwater were having freshwater stuff all of a yeah. sudden, sudden more, you know?
0: Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's something that's uh, really diverse. You know, people are getting more into the diverse market realizing that a lot of us, like in Texas, You know fish both fresh and salt water and so there's an offering for either um you know which is a really nice thing you know to have for sure
1: yeah i think i think that trend kind of continued this year but the trend i'm glad for the consumer public is the fact everybody was bragging about decreased prices on stuff yes yeah which is great because like i remember about 15 years ago a guy contacted me through gulf coast fisherman magazine who i was writing for pretty regularly at the time and he says i've got a really high-end fishing lure i'm going to send you i want you to i want you to try out and test out and this thing comes in like a test tube looking thing like it came out of some lab <laughs> you know maybe the soviet union where they were doing like illegal <laughs> genetic engineering you know back in the day and it was and i looked at this thing and i'm like it had like the retail price on it, it was like 99.95 wow and i'm going a, I'm not throwing this thing out in the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. B, I should put it on eBay, but yes. I, I, I didn't do that. Of course, the eBay part, and I didn't actually fish the don't thing, but that was the extreme end. But you know, I, you're getting to the point where, you know, a, a top water bait can be average. Yes. Twelve ninety five. Yeah. Would you think on, on a higher on I mean, ones that are the more yeah. known brands?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Like your your. You're, um You've got your uh, live targets, which are kind of the higher ones, you yeah. know, uh, coppers, fishing lures and stuff. You've got all kinds of different, you know, yeah, there's a lot of different different ones out there that cost.
1: Yeah, so th- that was a really cool thing. But was there anything in particular, uh, in terms of lures, let's start with lures, let's kind of categorize this, that you went, oh, man, that's really awesome. So, Yozuri know, has this, um, they've got these things called knuckle baits, which
0: are like spinner baits, but uh, they have, yeah, they're, they're just really different. Okay. Um, and they basically have new colors and sizes, and they have a crystal minnow, which they've brought from saltwater to freshwater, just to go along the same point we were talking about a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, that they have new colors for it as well. So that's that kind of you know made me go, hmm, that's kind of cool. They're making the switch from because you know the, for working with us, the, the Texas Fishing Game, they basically are saying, hey,
1: this stuff if you liked it to saltwater, you're gonna like it that much more in freshwater.
0: You know, <laughs> and, and how
1: crazy is that? Because check this out, same thoughts. So I'm at the Pure Fishing booth today. Mm-hmm. Pure Fishing. Uh, I guarantee ninety-nine percent of you out there wouldn't know that name because right. it's a business name. But I bet you do know Abu Garcia, Penn, um, Strin, Berkeley, Fenwick, Mitchell, Shakespeare, and several more all part of a conglomerate called Pure Fishing. And uh, they had in their uh, Berkeley line of hard baits. I was really impressed. They have one called the Chopo. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's That's kind an of an interesting name. The Chopo. And it looked um, kind of like a, uh, it has like a, a propeller type back end, a little bit softer plastic. Not, not quite soft plastic, but you know, softer than the, more pliable than the right, front. Right. And kind of a giant propeller blade yeah. um, on it. And it was um, uh, something that you would typically think of. When I saw that, I thought like musky. Right, you know, Pike, big fish, uh, yeah, the yeah. freshwater fish, right? Yeah, I remember fishing with Rick Flair. I'm mean, Ric Rick Flair. I wish it was Rick Flair. Woo! <laughs> it. I'm such a wrestling fan. I go Rick Flair, Rick Clun. The you know, yeah, Rick Clun. yeah it's yeah. awesome. It's not a bad thing though. Like I'm, I'm, no. I, I mistake Rick Flair, Rick Clun. Anyway, <laughs> as I was out with Rick Clun, he took out a bait one time when I was fishing the Natchez River with him, and, it, and I'm like, what in God's green earth is that thing? <laughs> And it, lo- it had all these, like, soft plastic tentacle-looking things coming off of his propeller lock. He goes, if you tell anybody about this, <laughs> I'm going to have to shoot you. He was trying something out, and I didn't know what it was. I forget what the brand or whatever it was. But it looked at that realm, but it was another crossover, something that came from the freshwater world, but right. this time going into the saltwater world. Yes, You know, sometimes you have a, the vice versa part of that. So that's kind of cool because especially here in Southeast Texas, where the bulk of our listeners are Southeast Texas, Southwest Louisiana. You got a lot of people that fish brackish water, right? People who don't mind if uh, you know, a nice basset or a redfish.
0: Right. You get but And that's a nice thing. The transition from salt water to freshwater many times is a smaller bait and smaller hook size or, or kind of a lighter hook size, uh, lighter wire, and, and that's that's you know nice to know there's more odds really than ever before out there and they, they continue to the thing that encouraged me is things continue to improve and things continue to be of, uh, of value to the consumer, you know, and that's huge for us.
1: And speaking of that, um, if I wanted to take a freshwater lure. And I'm going to take it in salt water. The first thing I'm going to have to do is remove the hooks. Yes. I'm going to have to put some different hooks Good on. Point. So we moved by Mustad today. Mm-hmm. And they got these great hook kits that are basically for, um, they treble hook kits. And there's like a KVD, Kevin Van Dam pack for fresh water. Uh, and they got the little uh, thing to work with the O-rings and to right. cut the braid and everything. Fire is yeah. probably not the right word Yeah, it, I can't figure out the exact term. But tool. basically it's a, a little tool, a multi-tool for right. like using, working with lures. But they had a, a salt water pack. And they had kind of the, what's, I think it was like, they had one like for kind of like the regular applications. And it was really cool because it's all in one little cool package that Mustat had. And I was really impressed with it because that's what you really need if you're that guy. And, you're, and sometimes you're out there on the fly and you're like, you know, nothing's working. Um, even like take redfish. I mean, redfish get a reputation for being kind of stupid because um, they are so aggressive at times. Yes. But you ask anybody who tournament redfishes in shallow water, they get really, really persnickety. They get out there and they're like, you know, I'm not touching anything. Right. So you right. might go, man, you know Hard what? I've got this secret thing in my stash here <laughs> that when I was in my uncle Louie's house in Wisconsin, <laughs> I caught, a, you know, I caught a um, a big muskie on or whatever. So you take this thing out, but you you try those little those hooks, and you're like, you're not going to fly. So you you know, you have a little thing to switch it out. And that's, that's really important to be able to do that and have the right O-rings and everything like that. So I like the fact that it's the, you know being able to see these, this fresh-to-salt, salt-to-fresh switchover and also have the ability to have the accessories out there to right. make it happen on the fly.
0: Right, because, or think about it, if you have a hook that gets broken off or whatever the case may be, you may need that hook replacement kit
1: so you don't have to buy the whole lure
0: over again. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and you definitely don't want to have to buy the whole lure over the day's economy, right? No. But that's really cool. You and I, two different companies. Joe Zuri, of course, is got just a stunning amount of, of like hard plastic baits. Right. It's really incredible to see all the stuff they got. And For both fresh
0: and saltwater too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's funny because like um, I, I look at a lot of stuff and go, "Man, that's that's fresh water. That should be in saltwater too," you know. And there's usually something similar, but um, there's always different um, different nuances, you know. And if you go into different systems, like say you go from Panama City, Florida over to Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. Some of the kinds of bait fish, different subspecies have little nuances that are different. And sometimes I have to go to the freshwater side to find something that matches closer to the hatch. You right. know, so it's, it, you know, you can make a mullet and a mullet's kind of basic, but a mullet's the color of its back and sides are different in some base systems, water clarity, that's true, that kind of stuff. And um, of course I had somebody ask a good question. How do you, well, how does the fish know what the color of the back of the lure is, and when we come back on more outdoors when I get to find out the answer to that very question. Welcome back to more outdoors on News Talk Five Sixty KLVI. Here is my good friend, podcaster, um, motivational outdoor speaker, um, a guy who brokers exotic animals, all kinds of crazy stuff, salesman for Texas Fishing Game, Dustin Warrenkey, and we are in his hotel recording this program. His hotel, he doesn't own the hotel. No, no, the Grand Hotel. No, he's got his (laughs) awesome uh, setup here and everything. And it's really, really cool. And so we're excited to be at the ICAST show, which is the biggest sport fishing trade show on the planet. And it's got pretty much everything. But I asked an immortal question for those who have pondered philosophical things about the great outdoors and fishing. Um, I remember uh, listening to some gentlemen one time talk about how there was one particular topwater that had a green back and the green back was the key to catching the speckled trout. The topwater, the problem was that lure, the back set almost totally out of the water. And I'm thinking, if the fish is coming under, what kind of a glimpse is he getting of the greenback? How does he know it isn't purple? I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned that. I mean, so, it was kind of in the back of my head,
0: but I didn't want to say, like, oh, yeah. yeah
1: so are they it's hiring pretty. mullet to jump over and give a report? You know, I like that one. You know I mean? You know, what, what is happening here in the world? But, um, you know, sometimes there are nuances to baits and stuff yes. like that, you know, that are that are really interesting you want to look at. Um, something that I saw and this has been every year it builds is kayak accessories you know yes. um, i was at um, flambeau this morning and they got these cool crates and they almost look like those fancy like book storage crates mm-hmm. and they got layers in them and they got enough holes in them like if you take on a wave it's not going to hold the water in and they're really compact and they're really well made and that's just for carrying your uh, your tackle boxes and stuff out there yeah you know
0: no, it's really cool and, and the, the one thing I've also seen a, a a bigger push on is inflatable kayaks. Did you notice that?
1: Yes, inflatable, inflatable kayaks. Inflatable
0: kayaks are kind of the trend of this show for some reason. And I'm I, I'm really thinking of getting one that's a flat like a sup board, like a okay. up paddle paddleboard yeah. and putting a cooler on it and fishing with it that way because I am um, you know, to me the kayak and sitting down and getting up I'm kind of a big guy. Um you know, but but to sit on top of a cooler on a, on a kayak, you know, or on a, a subboard, it makes a lot of sense. They have hard supboards and soft, you know, uh, uh, inflatable ones. And the cool thing, though, uh, that all being said, is that they have, um, you know, these are long and wide, which yeah. makes them a lot
1: more stable. Yeah, and I think for the entry-level person, uh, we're not talking about the guys be paddling 10 miles on some kind <laughs> yeah. of epic kayak journey. I should qualify by saving, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those are out there... And uh, do you know what the prices are, the general price range of those inflatables? They're, I think they're a little bit less than, than, a, than a hard,
0: I don't know if you call it hard side Heck, like you would a hard side cooler. But they're a little bit more affordable. But, you know, the, the thing I always wonder about with inflatables is how durable is it? Because you don't want it to scratch against the rock and uninflate. But they're really made of durable material these days.
1: Yeah, and it might be something that um, you want to go fish out in the seagrass flats, mm-hmm. not by the jetty. Yes, you exactly, know, exactly. You know that kind yeah, of thing. That's, that's smart angling, right there. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I you know I, I come up with one. Uh, right. You know. But uh, yeah, and, and and the way kayaks have expanded. When I was a kid, I thought kayaks were like for like Inuits in Alaska. You know, because I believe that's where they started. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I remember seeing like old movies with, like Charles Bronson up right. there or something, and you're like, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool way to develop to be able to navigate all those ice and all that cool stuff. And then you start seeing fishermen in them, and you're like. It's kind of weird, but it's it, now it's become such a, a huge thing, and really it's about the price mm-hmm. and access because. You, a lot of people can't afford boats. I mean, we got hundred thousand dollar bass boats out there, and the average price is i don't know what the actual average is—but I'm looking at bass boats. It's got to be a plus forty plus. Well, Ranger has one that's over 100 yeah, that's a hundred, as far as bass boats. But yeah. I mean, you know, I, I saw a Skeeter
0: Bay boat that was over hundred the other day, and I was just like, how how does one man, you know, simply afford that? Kayaking and there other. There's another company called Roundabout Watercraft that works with us in the advertising world, and Ultra Skip. They both make round boats. Yeah, and I think that is really interesting because it's like a kayak, but the stability—you wouldn't think it would be that stable. It's really
1: stable. Yeah, I had a friend. I have a friend that owns one. You know, it's almost like another category. You know, you have it really your, is. you have your round yeah. boats, you got your flat boards, you got your kayaks. Um, it's basically poor boy equipment for accessing shallow water. Yes, and uh, which is great. You know, um, I've never owned bigger in my personal life than a flat bottom 16 foot aluminum boat. You know, right. um, I don't even own a boat right now. Um, but you know, it's one of those things where it's cool to see that and like, you know, the shallow water anchoring systems Mm -hmm. for kayaks. Power Pole uh, Micro is yeah. one
0: example. Yeah, um, man. Power pole, power pole works with us. And, you know, that that's a really ideal thing because you can mount one on top of just about any kayak or round boat or any kind of device. There's a way you can, you know, uh, mount it. And uh, it, it keeps you, you know, anchored in shallow water. I don't know how many feet, but I mean, it's, it's, it's great for shallow water stuff. So. No,
1: so it's very, very killer. And the great thing about these things, it will allow you kayaks with, with a quiet approach, right. being able to do the shallow water anchoring. Um, by the push of a button can allow you to get on some of those stealthier fish. I was talking to my good friend Mark Davis, Big Water Adventures mm-hmm. TV. I I met him on a Mexican bass fishing trip in, like, 98. And he was telling me about a snook he caught that was 58 pounds. Holy smokes.
0: In a kayak?
1: <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was about to say, but it. wow. But anyway, and I'm thinking if I came across that thing out there, you know, I would be so paranoid I'm going to spook it somehow. Yeah. You know, you gotta, 'cause those are those are really snooty fish, and (laughs) uh, oh, they're pathetic. They're they're snooty. I I came out from snorkeling from with manatees in a crystal river, and there's this beautiful snook right down by the dock and all. I'm like, it just gave me a look like you, you idiot Texan. You think you're gonna throw live bait at me, but I'm in a sanctuary, you know. And uh, but it's really interesting that the fact that you know kayaks now are precision fishing vessels for that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Which is, which is really cool. Did you see anything else on the kayak thing that really struck you? You know, I mean, there, there's a
0: couple of companies that make kayak accessories. And seeing the blow up of kayak accessories on the market today, there's so many different ways you can rig a kayak. out. I think the, the ways are almost endless. And uh, anything from, you know, footholds uh, you know, foot or, uh, mm-hmm. or uh, paddling systems or uh, lighting systems. I mean, some guys are putting light bars all around their kayak so they can attract fish like you would in a regular boat at night. Can you believe that?
1: That's gonna be interesting when a bull shark comes up and you know, takes a while. I was
0: thinking more freshwater than saltwater there, but that's I'm looking <laughs> in the saltwater room. I'm like, that might not be a good idea. Maybe not, but but I mean, the the way you can rig a kayak is really endless, and uh, that's the cool thing about guys, you know, like you and me that don't have a regular, you know, big boat. And something like that makes the water a lot more accessible, shallow water fishing. I mean, whatever the case may be.
1: Yeah, it's really really cool, and uh, when you look at what's going on with the prices on, I mean, like Walmart has kayaks now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You that's know, right. I mean I
1: mean everybody's kinda of getting in on the game and I know a lot more people say, Hey, I'm going kayaking. I'm like, You? I didn't know you had a boat, so I've never been able to afford one. I ran into another company today that has a castable sonar
0: and I think there's there's a big, you know, trend towards those as well as far as, you know, casting out, seeing on your smartphone or on your tablet, yeah, how deep it is, what the water temperature is, what the you know, what the what the under structure is underneath there and everything like that.
1: I think that's really cool too. Uh, Think about this. You're listening here to more outdoors. And where else are you going to hear about a lot of these? There's no other radio program that I know of in Texas that's here. And you're going to hear about castable sonars. Basically, think of a bobber type thing mm-hmm. that you can cast out and that you can actually see a sonar uh, you know, uh, graph on your smartphone or iPad or whatever, or your tablet. And, um, you know, even bank fishermen. I know mean, we talked about oh, sure. that before. We're like, I think, Deeper, or the one that mm-hmm. was out there at the time, yeah. um, that you can actually sit on the bank and go, you always wonder why they were fished by this one log, and there's logs everywhere? Then you realize there's a big washout under it or right. whatever. So it opens whatever, it up right. for, for the rest of us, which yeah. is which is really amazing. That's why well, well, I, I saw, before you said before no, we, go we got to take a break here in a second, yeah, but I saw a popping topwater lure that is a camera now i can't figure out why it has to be a popper mm-hmm. and but it is a popper and they had this huge we see a lot of companies that are like one giant booth one year right <laughs> you know I mean? right, right but Big it's a cam- <laughs> but it's a camera mm-hmm. and on the video they showed that the thing that really was like they were proud about in the video was that there was an alligator chasing it <laughs> <laughs> That's but, crazy. But who'd have thought that you have, like, GoPro-level cameras or, um, you know, shooting HD cameras, I should say, on a t- inside of a topwater lure, you know? And then we got castable sonar. <laughs> you know well the point i was just
0: going to say before we go to break yep. is is that you know that all that all all that is making fishing more accessible to everyone you know and i think that is really a nice concept that we're starting to see more and more is that fishing's really you know opening up for a lot
1: of people at an affordable price yeah because there was a point where the industry was getting so the other direct like hunting has Mm -hmm. so the other direction but really some of the technology once you've kind of a one-time investment can actually help you have more bang for your buck while you are fishing which is a great thing because we'd like you to get bang for your buck here on more outdoors we'll talk more about that here shortly Welcome back to More Outdoors on News Talk 560 KLVI. This is the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. And by the way, if you want to check out my blog, go to thewildlifejournalist.com. That's thewildlifejournalist.com. And also the Wildlife Journalist on Facebook and at Kingdom Zoo on Instagram for our Kingdom Zoo Wildlife Center and Ministry. Might as well throw out the Kingdom Zoo Wildlife Center Facebook. Lots of ways to connect. Got my friend Dustin Warren. my good friend here. Work with him at Texas Fish and Game Magazine. Also, he does a lot of things on the side. He's a motivational speaker. He um, has ebooks out about how to make it in the outdoors. business. doing an online course on that. Can you tell us just real quick about your course before we go any further on this iCash? Basically, and I appreciate you letting me talk about this. Basically,
0: this is a, a, a course that's about five to six hours long, but, I mean, it's, it's really informative of how to get started in the industry if you want to be a pro staff or want to uh, earn sponsorships or anything like that or just be successful in the industry. And uh, you can learn more about that course and my ebooks at dustinsprojects.com that's dustinsprojects.com
1: that's pretty cool man so we're here at the iCast show in a secret studio
0: in the hotel
1: here and we're um, he had his portable studio situation going on so we're able to take advantage of that and bring up a program we like to bring you the latest cutting edge industry stuff here at more outdoors on news talk 560 klvi and if you miss the first part of the program, or have to leave us, or just want to listen back, go to klvi.com, click at the podcast link at the top of the page. You'll see more outdoors. You can listen back to all the programs here, and you can also listen to us via the iHeart Radio app. Now, we were talking about affordability, castable sonar, crossovers. Um, I just saw something cool um, with Abu, which is, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It is a 10 to 1 gear ratio reel. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Ten to one gear ratio. Wow. For burning it through, I think they said each um, each retrieve is like forty six inches or something oh like that. Oh, My goodness. I, I don't know how that works. I don't either. Because it's, it's not. It's not forty six in my mind. It's like not forty six inches around. Per turn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how does that? I don't know. It's crazy, but. Um, they're, that's that's really really cool. So that's for for the guys that like to burn through an area and look for <laughs> look for fish. Really reel it in fast. Yeah, yeah, reel it reel it in fast, man.
0: Well, I could see uh, you know uh, a situation for that for like buzz baits and fast retrieval lures and stuff like that too, right? Don't you yeah, yeah, th- think yeah. That, that would yeah. be ideal for something like that. For but I mean, you're talking up.
1: that's that's super fast, man. Yeah, that is. That and is. I, I've never seen that before, and um, I think that's really really cool. And that was kind of the the first reel. That it struck me so much in the last few years, you know. We'll have some more information on that. I'll be doing a blog about it at fishgame.com.
0: Well, I'd like to just say that Chester had a uh, conversation with the Florida Bass today, and you can see that. <laughs> you can see that video, which was hilarious. I filmed it, and you can see that video at uh, Fish, F- Texas Fishing Game's Facebook page.
1: Yeah, go to the Texas Fishing Game <laughs> Facebook page, and you'll see the deeply philosophical uh, conversation. The one you've always wanted. I know you bass and want to know what a bass thinks. So I took it. There's a whole tank full of them suckers. So I sat there and talked to them. You even hear the bass talk back That's m- right. miraculously. Yeah, miraculously, absolutely. And then They finally shut their mouth and wouldn't and talk to me. And <laughs> so you can go see that thing right there. And uh, we were at the, I was at the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission booth, and they have a 12 pounder in a tank over there. Wow,
0: really? Yeah, a 12? Yeah, I've got to go by and see that. Yeah,
1: that. Uh, there's a video of me. I wasn't talking directly to the bass. I don't think at thewildlifetrailers.com, and we're talking about they told me this thing had been in captivity and it gets hand fed and so when you put your hand up there it thinks it's going to eat it. it was looking at my cell phone like it was food like it was going to eat the cell phone <laughs> yeah so i that's thought that great. was pretty cool i was like wow that's that's pretty cool man that's too funny. but uh, you never know what you're going to see here at the iCast show and we love to bring you at klvi on klvi.com uh, the latest and greatest in the uh, outdoors and wildlife world, and certainly the iCash show we've been bringing to you for 11 years here, and um, I'm proud of that. So we've been—we always try to recap um, things that we can all do and afford, but there's always some standout products like a, you know know—I'm talking about an Abu Garcia reel. I don't know if it's on the market yet, but it will be. I just got a product testing when I found out the house here while I was gone, uh-huh. so I'll be—I'll be, I'll be uh, testing that thing out. It's called the Rocket, I believe. The Rocket is the name of it. And that's going to be really cool. And it's red, which is kind of old Abu Garcia style color. Mm-hmm, yeah, like the one I saw. My over.
0: grandfather had a Abu Garcia from the 70s or 80s, and uh, I still have it today. And it's a fantastic reel. The and, red reels, red. baby. It was a red
1: reel, the old school, yeah. you know,
0: round style
1: versus. When what I was added. a kid, that was like the Cadillac. You know, and mm-hmm. that was one that we, you know, that we thought was really cool. I had and, many backlashes in that particular Baycaster,
0: but that's okay. <laughs>
1: you know, I remember they had a—I uh, forget which company it was. One of the let's talk about products that kind of faded. There was one where they tried to make a backlash-free reel. Really? It didn't work out too good, I don't think. I, I, I never heard of it again. And it was a casting reel, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and then there was a rod at one point where the line went through the rod. It went off the spool and through the rod out the tip and there were no eyes. Really? Yeah. And that didn't make it either? I saw it one year, maybe two. One year and two, that was, and that was that was all That was all she wrote. And um, there was something about there less friction, more casting, and all this kind of stuff, but it just did not work out. So the, I have a feeling that possibly the popping camera may not do as well. Yeah. You know, I hope all these companies do great, but you see stuff out there and you're like, i tell you the one that I thought was like, why would anyone buy that? was carrot sticks. hmm you know, they make they make about I guess, keratin, you know, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'm not that. sure. It's a company
0: out of Canada. I've I've, uh, I've called on them before. And they're, uh, you know, it's they're, interesting. They're
1: still around, and they're doing good. Yeah, they you know? are. And uh, it, I didn't think it was a bad product. I just thought, like, I don't know if anglers are going to buy the name. Right. You know, right. and I'm like, because sometimes the name and stuff's so all it's in. Am they're going to buy the name, carrot sticks? Well, two things I wanted to, to say here. Yeah. Uh, Go
0: Fish Cam is a new product that's making its official launch uh, on the market at this show. And that basically is an inline camera you tie on your line, in line with your lure, and it will video the fish as it strikes. No. It'll video the fish as you as you fight wow. it. In. I mean, the technology that they put in that little video camera that's yep. on the inline that basically just goes on your line is amazing.
1: Oh, that's dream come true stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the bad part. You see what you missed. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah,
0: you got to review your footage after you get out the water. Yeah. Dude, there, is, there is a
1: fish somewhere, it may still be alive, off the 55 miles off the coast of Port Aransas. Mm. In 2000, there about three or two that I would love to have known what it was. I fought it for like 30 minutes, okay? And I'm out there, and the um, the deckhand on the boat, this is a small charter, Tells me, you know, oh, that's a what's a that's just a, um, it's probably a grouper. I said, well, I don't care what it is, you know, um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get it up, and I, and he goes, well, let me help you. I'm gonna grab your line. I'm gonna help pop it. I said, don't touch the line. It's too much tension on it right now. You can't do it. So he grabs it and I get it close to the boat. Can't see it yet. It pops the line. And I've always wondered what that was. That camera. Um, I don't know if it has a feed to a device. Or, yeah. or whatever.
0: I think it has a chip inside of it that actually feeds yeah. the video and stuff, too. But I think you, it does feed to the Because
1: it would get expensive in saltwater pretty yeah. quick. Oh, if yeah. you lose the cameras, yeah, we yeah. could feed to it. But, but how cool is that? And you know with aqua views here? Yeah. And I had, I had had the first aqua view, or one of the first. I probably still have it in my house somewhere. Really? Okay. Yeah, and using an old uh, monitor. But those things have, have um, changed uh, the face of fishing up north a lot, ice mm. fishing and stuff like that. But a lot of guys in saltwater... Using them, and um, there's a lot, a lot of interfaces between your phone, your electronics, you know, that yes. kind of stuff. And uh, we were talking to the guys over at Lawrence. Lawrence, I, I was just going to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, and we're talking about um, the sonar and the weather thing. And it wasn't just sonar, it got into the radar, you know, so being yeah. able to um, go out. And he talked about a guy that went out on a trip, and there's this crazy thunderstorm system coming at them, right? Right. And they were able to actually, because they were able to watch the trajectory and everything, they were able to keep their whole day of fishing, hide them in a cove somewhere, and then dodge the whole storm. Right. Whereas if you have to eyeball it. You don't know. You don't know, man. So I thought that was really amazing. Oh, I think that's huge. Yeah.
0: I think that's huge. And it just makes sense that we use electronics and that kind of stuff. I always write about this uh, when I talk about equipment. I don't use technology. Actually, I'm working on this for an article in December. Sounds deep. Um, uh, I don't actually take and, and consider something a crutch when it comes to technology. I use it to help me do what I do better. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes
1: that makes absolute sense. You know that you actually don't just rely
0: on it. Right, and depend on, oh, if I don't have this, I can't do that. You know, we we, we still believe in fishing in the old school way, but it's one of those things that, you know. No, it's a great thought, you
1: know, to be able to um, use the technology to benefit you and help take you to the absolute next level. Right. You know, and that's really what it's about, man. This ICAST show is about us taking things up to the next level and being able to... uh, you know, sort of rock it out and do awesome stuff, you know. So we're, we're pumped about being at the ICAST show. And if you uh, want to catch more of this program, you missed it, or want to share it with somebody, klvi.com, click on the podcast link at the top of the page, and you can listen back, not to just this show, back a long ways on More Outdoors and the archives of our show, 19 years and growing strong wow. here on News Talk 560 KLVI with the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. We'll talk more in just a minute. Welcome back to more outdoors with the wildlife journalist Chester Moore. Here with my good friend Dustin Warrenke. He is a man of many. He's like a Renaissance man <laughs> of the great outdoors, man. And uh, he is a podcaster in his own right. He um, is a works in the ad department of the Department of Texas Fishing Game, and he does all, everything from selling exotic wildlife to um, a motivational speaker. But we've been talking about the ICAST Show, which is the Great Fishing Trade Show. It takes place annually. It's been in Orlando for quite a while. And we've been at the show really enjoying it this year. And I think this is probably my best ICAST recap I've ever had. If I remember correctly, you called in last year or year before last. And we discussed a little bit post-ICAST. But this is is the first time we've been on the air fully discussing the whole thing together. That's kind of cool, isn't it? It's been a lot of fun, man. It's usually me ranting and raving about the show. By myself, but we covered everything tonight from um, kayak, including inflatable kayaks, um, crossovers, saltwater to freshwater lures, a lot of very practical things for the show, and uh, even technology. In the last segment, we talked about a castable sonar. Yes. you know, Did you Amazing. ever think there would be a day that you'd be seeing castable sonar?
0: No, I mean, and that's the nice thing about, it. it's. as I said earlier in the show, I mean, it's making the outdoors more accessible to more people, whether you be a bank fisherman, a kayak fisherman, a big boat fisherman. I mean, the electronics that are available today are just amazing.
1: Yeah, it's really, really cool. And, uh, you know, products like the iPilot yes. and different things like that. I mean, you got stuff that will route you on a route that you like and, you know, hold you over a particular GPS waypoint. The spot log is what you're talking about, Yeah, right? it's insanity. Yeah. Oh, it's, it is. It, it's insanity out there. Yeah. But, um, you know, one of the things I always look at at these shows is I used to call myself a, a line snob. I like to look at the different kind of fishing lines. I think that's probably, in a fisherman's arsenal, the most overlooked and underappreciated tool that he has is the line. And uh, when I went to Pure Fishing today, they have, like, most of the brands of line in the industry. Right. Um, you know they have Strin. They've got um, the spider wire. They have um, you know the Berkeley Fireline, the, the triline, all that stuff, and um, some fluorocarbon that came out this year. That uh, I've noticed fluorocarbon is kind of coming down in price. And fluorocarbon has the same refractive properties of light as water. So, okay. it's, so it's invisible in the water essentially i'm gonna say i knew that already but yeah. i did <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's a very scientific it has the refractive properties of water yeah and so that's why fluorocarbon's really good because if you have fish which are very um uh, sensitive to color right. and stuff like that um you, you add a fluorocarbon leader a fish straight fluoro for example when i go fish flounder in really clear water I love using braid because flounder have that bony mouth and then, and then lack of stretch and braid. They like just set the hook real good. I have to go to a floro leader or fish straight fluoro because the flounder can see the line and it makes a difference in the bite. And um, and uh, we were joking earlier, by the way, about carpe DM. Yes, yeah, we were. And the carp, because he's a carp specialist over here. <laughs> I don't know about a specialist,
0: but I guess so. He's actually caught
1: one on a rod and reel. I never I have. have. Uh, I've tried and I caught turtles. And let me just say, <laughs>
0: A lot of people say pound for pound
1: in freshwater
0: now. uh, Striper's the the, the kingpin. I disagree. I think a carp would would make a run for his money, for sure. They are the hardest fighting fish. I'm going to honor your
1: favorite fish here. Uh, (laughs) I don't
0: know about favorite fish. I didn't say that now. (laughs) (laughs) In a different
1: way. So I saw this poster, and it had a big carp on it, right? And I'm like, that's why I said, carpe diem, the story, and all this stuff. And, you know, Pure Fishing has a fishing um, research facility and they have fish and things in it where they literally test lures and lines and that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was located in Spirit Lake, Iowa for years. I think I made have moved to their headquarters in South Carolina now. But I was told by John Procknow, who does a lot of the product testing, I saw John today, I was told by John that when they test lures on these freshwater fish, that by far, not even a contest, the smartest fish that figures things out quickly is the carp.
0: Really? Yeah, a carp. I've heard that before as carp being one of the smarter fish, but a lot of people think just because they're not edible, I mean, they're no good. But look, you know, look at some other species that are tarpon and bonefish and other ones that are are not edible, but that are very smart. And uh, a carp can sense, uh, in an angler's perspective, they can sense what they pick up in their mouths. And and taste it and everything like that and see if it is good. I mean, yeah. they, they literally have the, the the discernment. I guess is the right word. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people don't understand they're, they're that they're spiritual here. They're it? not just a trash fish. I'm no. not
1: being spiritual. Stop that. I'm messing. With you. <laughs> but that no, it's true. And you know what they said? Number two was what? a crappie. A crappie. Now I believe that for sure. Well, see, here's the, here's the thing, and I think we might have mentioned this before when we spoke. Um, people look at hogs and think hogs are stupid because they'll set a feeder out in an area that hasn't been hunted much and a bunch of younger pigs come up and they shoot them real easy. Right. But once a hog matures, forget Mm -hmm. about it, right? Mm -hmm. Whole different animal. Well, crappie are so abundant in these lakes. There's just so many numbers of crappie. They seem like they're dumb. But the big mature crappie are super smart and super hard to catch. I think if we knew. The size of some of the crappie on these brush piles that won't touch the Lord, our minds oh, will be blown.
0: sure. They're hogs, man.
1: They're slabs. Big ones. Yeah, for sure. I've said for a long time that everything is a trash fish but a flounder and a crappie. <laughs> Maybe I'll throw a carp in there now because uh, they're so smart. But um, that the crappie doesn't get the, the attention it needs for right. its intelligence. And I was looking at Berkeley. They have a crappie, a line for crappie now. And, you know, you you can get specific. And what's neat about that is um, crappie need abrasion resistance because they're in brush a lot, right? Right. So if if you're fishing straight grass, you wouldn't quite need as much Mm -hmm. or open water, but around that. So we're able to go out and if you're fishing and you're able to um, look at some of these new products and things we're going to be reviewing at fishgame.com and other places, you can find specific um, lures lines rods reels for as narrow an area of fishing that you want to do
0: it's niched, i guess yeah that's probably the right, yeah, probably the right yeah, word niche. yeah niche yeah so like incredibly niched actually it's in its own domain i mean depending on what what you're going after but and that's the thing i mean a lot of people like okay i i wanted to say this all all week before i uh, actually this past weekend I'm fishing with my son Jackson. We're in freshwater uh, under the I-35 bridge in Brownfield's Texas, my hometown. And um you know, there were guys out there for catfish, there were guys out there for bass, there were guys out there that were wade fishing and, and doing all kinds of things from the bank. I was just getting on top of a cat column pulling in bluegill after bluegill, and we're talking like two inch bluegill yeah, I mean, with fun. a little bitty cricket hook. Yep. I mean, that is skill right there. That's kind of finesse like you talk about yep. sometimes, uh, but a lot of people turn their nose up at that. But what's a crappie? A crappie's a panfish. Exactly. You know? I mean, so it's just about getting a thing on night crawlers and an old rod and reel. And here's the other thing I was going to bring up. My f- grandfather, Jackson's great-grandfather, my son's great-grandfather, had a Kmart Special spinning reel. Alright? Okay. Yeah, yeah. The old... And An old-school spinning reel. I mean, I've got it on an ugly stick rod and a real ultralight rig. And uh, then I had another, which I will not mention the brand name, kids fishing pole rod and reel that broke on me. The 35-year-old rod and reel <laughs> took it like a champ and fished the rest of the weekend. So I brought two rods, one of them failed on me and it was almost
1: new. <laughs> It's, it, it's funny. My, it reminds me of my Uncle Jackie. You know, he's passed away. He was a Marine. and he was very, When you do Jackie, you have to do the Jackie voice. He had, like, this voice you had to do. I get ways. It's kind of mean, like, voice, you know. And he and he, and he, uh, he got mad at someone at an archery shop one time because they didn't like his uh, bow. You know, he got in a pawn shop right, or whatever, right. right? And he goes, if they, um, I can't say the word he said, um, if they mess with me. Uh-huh. I'll go back and get my wing bow out of mothballs, <laughs> and he wanted to start hunting with his wing. Which was like the first one of the first compounds that It was like was coming out made. like '68 yeah. or something. And yeah. when yeah. he had, and he old, was actually thinking school. about hunting with his wing. And uh, <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, my dad had the wing. It was an Allen, even older than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the older stuff works. And I was talking with Joe Doggett, our Texas fishing game colonist, and um, he was out fishing with bingos in the surf. Mm. And uh, bingo is one of the first real known saltwater lures. And like I tell people, the old stuff still works, but the great thing is there's a lot of modern technology that's allowing us to uh, do some amazing things in fishing. And it's a lot of fun to talk about it, right? It is, absolutely. I love this stuff. I love um, the more I have the opportunity to share it
0: with other people. I mean, that's what I try to do on the Best of the Outdoors podcast, which you can find at fishgame.com under the podcast tab. Um, I really try to bring home, you know, the, the the hope and the inspiration in the Texas Outdoor Lifestyle is what I try to say, you know. And so I would obviously love for you guys to listen to that show as well as Chester's. But um it's really just, uh, it's really been great to, to be with you on this. It's been a lot of fun. Well,
1: thanks, man. You know, I love you, man. You're a brother in Christ. You're a brother in the outdoors. And we both have the ethic that everyone should have an access point to the great outdoors. Yes. It shouldn't just be the privilege or the influential or connected. It should be everyone out there. And um, that's kind of the ethic that I've had my entire career, and great mentors like Ed Holder even reinforced right. in me over the years. So have had a ball, had a great time with the ICAST show. I go to the SHOT show every year, and I get to do a cool report, but I really don't like going to the SHOT show. It's I a know. lot more of a grind. Right. Um, it's, a, it's a tougher show to do for scale and size. Team ICAST I is big, but it's small enough you can see stuff Right. And, and look at everything. And we really get to do a great look and overview of the program, and I love coming here on More Outdoors and being able to say, hey, you know, this is at the ICAST show. Right. This is at the ICAST show.
0: Well, and plus people like Roland Martin and
1: guys like that, Bill Dance, I mean, they're they're just, they're hanging out, you know. Yeah, it this freaks me show. out still. I walk up and there's like, like we were out, I was praying for a lady outside uh-huh. the first morning, and I feel someone pat me on the back, and it's mm-hmm. my buddy Mike Iaconelli. Oh. Now, if you told me that mm-hmm. that one of my top, you know, that several of my top bass fishing Heroes would be friends of mine, I'd be like blown away, right? Sure. But that's the cool thing in this industry, the fishing industry in particular um, is very friendly. Yes. And there's a lot of great people who work hard and um, are, uh, we'll just come hang out with you and talk fishing, you know? So we've had a great time. The iCast show was great. You go to fishgame.com and see the various blogs and Videos and, and the Texas Fishing Game Facebook for the lives that I did, including my riveting interview with the Florida <laughs> bass. I'm the first man to break the species barrier on interviews. I haven't laughed so hard in my life, man. Look, That's the only the animals ever right. been interviewed are Coco, the gorilla, who yeah. just passed away, unfortunately, right, right. and those bass in that tank.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's it, man. And so, like I said,
1: I, I started off with the fish. So, yeah. anyway, I've had a great time. And I thank everyone for listening to more outdoors. 19 years and strong going here on Newstock 560 KLBI Having a blast. And You can listen to the show uh, weekly on AM560 KLVI, uh, klvi klvi.com, also the iHeartMedia app, and click on klvi.com at the podcast link on top and listen back to more outdoors. And uh, we love it, and we hope you're inspired. We hope you enjoy the tackle stuff. And God bless you guys, and have an amazing, inspiring outdoors weekend. And
0: there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Chester Moore from Moore Outdoors, uh, KLVI AM uh, 560 on Beaumont area. Um, Fantastic guy. I just love this guy to death. Got a heart for conservation, got a heart for. Uh, preserving this sport and this heritage of fishing and hunting and the outdoor lifestyle for our next generation and um, just uh, just love this guy. So anyway, I'm excited every time I get to sit down in front of a microphone with Chester because it's always a fun spirited discussion and I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, this show. So anyway, stay tuned to fishgame.com this week. We've got some Facebook lives that are already posted Chester did today when I'm releasing this show. And uh, we also have a wide variety of other stuff that's going to be coming on FishGame.com. Uh, wide variety of uh, blog posts and uh, things that we found interesting at uh, at ICAST this year. And the ICAST Fishing Show is basically one of the largest fishing shows in the world. Uh, it's it's just a fantastic show, as Chester said in the, in the podcast. And it's just an honor to be able to be here and hang out with uh, with so many guys that uh, that are in this industry and uh, just have a lot of fun doing that. So thank you guys so much again for watching, reading, and listening. Have an awesome day in the outdoors. We'll see you on the next show.